Welcome to Lessons in Life and Love with Rihanna Milne, where we show you how to have the positive mindset for success in all life areas so you can grow beyond difficult transitions and evolve from those challenging moments that may have influenced your past but will not define your future. It's time to have the life you desire and the love you deserve as we teach you the exact skills needed to attract and keep a lasting, emotionally healthy and conscious relationship. Now, please welcome your host, certified life dating and relationship coach, trauma professional, and best-selling author, Rihanna Milne. Welcome to show 31 of Lessons in Life and Love. I am your coach, Rihanna Milne, known as a life and love transformation expert. I am on a mission to change the way the world loves. And I hope you, my listeners, who I call my angels of love and my love transformers, will help me spread the word on how to have conscious, loving, and respectful relationships. Tonight, we're going to go into part three of positing parenting techniques. And this is identity, resiliency, and the developmental assets. This is all from my research of my thesis that was back done in 2000 at Rowan University. And it was called Increasing Self-Concept and Developmental Assets in Adolescence Using Behavioral and Psychoeducational Interventions. We're going to go into some of that research that how to raise self-esteem using the developmental assets and the mindset for success, which I write about in my book, Live Beyond Your Dreams, From Fear and Doubt to Personal Power, Purpose, and Success. And just a reminder, you can get free book chapter downloads of both Live and Love Beyond Your Dreams on my website, rihannamilne.com. And if you have any questions you want to ask me about parenting techniques, do call in the next hour. I am live and able to answer your questions. Just call 866-451-1451. Just have your question ready and I'll be glad to get your call. And if you'd like to meet with me personally this week, then do sign up for a free Life and Love Transformation Discovery Session. It's a $500 value. For my listeners, only $47. Just go to my website, rihannamilne.com, and tell me your story. Remember to listen to all my podcast shows on the site, lessonsinlifeandlove.com. They're all archived right there. You can get that education that builds your knowledge in life and love skills. And remember to get your daily Lesson Life and Love report on Alexa. Find that under Lifestyle and hit the enable button and it's yours. You can find my podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Google Music, and your other favorite apps. And if you hear something you know will benefit a friend or a loved one, be that angel of love and share the show link and leave me a comment about what you liked and learned and a five-star rating. I really appreciate that. Today's show is being brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audio book with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash Rihanna and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a free title and start listening today. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash Rihanna. 
Now, this thesis that I wrote in year 2000 is donated to science. So when you write a thesis, even though it's in book form, and I'm sitting here with a book in front of me, this is actually my book number two that I wrote. Uh, My first book was my Model and Talent Training Manual, which is 250 pages. I wrote that when I was 26 years old to open up my Model and Talent School at the time. And this was my next one. My advisor, a dear man named Dr. Z. Benjamin Blanding looked at it and goes, oh my God, girl, you wrote a dissertation. And I'm like, I don't know. I just wrote what I felt was thorough and made sense. And now if you Google the title, you can find it's printed in like 14 different languages. This research is out there around the world in different languages. So I'm sure other people are using it for their research, which is pretty cool. When you donate this to science, that means everybody gets to use it and you don't make a dime. Just like podcasts, you know, we don't get paid for our efforts. We look for those five-star ratings as support. We do appreciate those. So let me go into this. This is finishing off the parenting chapter in Live, and then I will go into the thesis. This is chapter nine for parents raising successful children and teens by teaching the Watch Me Mindset for success. Discussion with your child or teen should never sound like words that put him down or make his self-esteem suffer. It is all right for you to be disappointed and say, I'm disappointed, but you can do that in a very loving and kind way. Together, then you make a plan to ensure the negative event or the mistake never happens again. Children just want you to be real with them. So talk your feelings honestly and openly. Remember, kids model what they see and hear from you. I remember my houses in Erie, Pennsylvania and in Ventnor, New Jersey, were the homes that all the young kid wanted to hang out at. The kids talked to me freely and came me for advice. I remember sitting around the kitchen tables in my Ventnor home and I'd often hear them say, geez, Rihanna, I could never talk to my mom like this. I'm thinking, what a shame. I remember hanging out at one of my best friend's houses in Lower Moreland where I grew up and her name was Martha Mott and her mom, Jean, was a psychotherapist. And she was my first inspiration for wanting to be a counselor myself. She was the coolest lady. I could say anything and she really listened and made me feel important. I could ask her questions about boys and not feel ashamed or embarrassed. I could never ask my mom the same questions. I often told my friend how lucky I felt she was and that I wanted to be that kind of a mom too to my kids. I think I've done that. And as a therapist, I've helped kids of all ages with their questions too. Open and real communication with your children start when they're babies then it feels natural for you to talk to them and they to you as they get older always talk with love and from the heart and be kind and gentle and say the words I love you often the form of parenting that I encourage you to use along with the tips that I've given you over the past three weeks will help you to raise healthy happy intelligent children who will love to learn and will grow up to be successful and confident teach the techniques of the watch me mindset anytime the opportunity arises like when someone teases them or doubts their ability because young kids in the schools love learning this method that I've taught to them too as a SAC counselor. Kids are smart and they want to learn how to handle things for themselves 
give them the opportunity to learn this when they're young and they'll develop it further as they mature and grow. Instilling a sense of spirituality within them can happen also if you attend church, but more frequently it happens if you talk about God or a higher power or spiritual concepts in normal conversations. Remember, God is never punishing, so please never threaten them with, God will punish you if you do this or that. Some of the churches go into that method of this God-fearing, punishing situation, and that is not a positive way to talk about faith and religion. So don't ever be negative when talking about God or your belief at all. Talk about your child's God-given talent and how happy you are to see them use it and how proud you are of them and how he's doing work that God would be proud of. Tell them that it is a good karma to treat others well and that when people die, they become one of God's angels and so forth. Make it a positive and loving experience. I adore working with children and teens because I remember the pain of growing up. I remember I was very teased and bullied. I was skinny and gawky and considered an outcast, not being as good in sports as all my other siblings, even though I did excel and went to women's nationals and high school water polo and ended up with a swimming record in the Penn State Hall of Fame. But my brothers were all American swimming in water polo, and I was always told I'm not doing my best. I remember being depressed in eighth grade that I felt suicidal. I didn't have the tools. I needed to know how to be happy. I remember wanting to go to a counselor to help with my sense of depression, but I was not acceptable, quote unquote, at that time to do so. My mother said, none of my family will ever go to counseling. And I looked at her and I said, then I'll grow up and become one. And I did. I work with kids that want to go to counseling or coaching. I suffered a lot in silence and writing became my therapy. As a matter of fact, I wrote so much that in English, my senior year, I won the who's who of American high school students in English. They could only vote for one high school senior and it was me. And I was very excited. I went home and told my mom, she goes, well, why would they pick you? (laughs) And I said, well, I told you I'm in poetry club. I told you I had 200 poems published in books this year and I'm part of the newspaper and the yearbook and I get straight A's in English. Why would it not be me? I remember how difficult it was to prove that I was good or talented to my mom who was awfully demanding. Yes, all of her kids excelled, but it was under much mental duress. So it later became one of my goals to become a counselor to help other kids like me. I specialized in adolescent lesson counseling for a long time because I could relate to their pain as if I were experiencing it yesterday. Parents, if your child asks to go see a counselor, please take them as soon as possible. All my teens in therapy are so happy that they came and they rise from their depression, relieved to see their families functioning well again. As a matter of fact, I just got a beautiful testimonial letter from my 18-year-old who graduated. Her last session with me is actually tomorrow and I will share it right after the break because it's really beautiful. I have to bring it up on my other computer. You'll see her level of change. In the life stage of a teenager, according to Eric Erickson's eight stages of psychological development, 
Teens 12 to 18 years old have the basic conflict of peer relationships and identity versus role confusion. They must achieve a sense of identity in both school or on the job or both their sexual roles and their standing with religious faith, according to Erickson. If they do not handle the conflicts presented with their peers in a positive way and instead fall into destructive habits like drugs, alcohol, risky sex, and so on, this could lead to a state of inaction or rebellion that in turn will lead to low self-esteem and possible lifelong addiction. In the intimacy versus isolation stages of age 19 to 40, love relationships are the key conflict and challenge. If your child cannot develop them successfully at the young age, he will suffer feelings of isolation and despair as the adult. Each relationship presented is a chance to learn, change, and grow into a better, more evolved partner. Now, you can see in that paragraph alone, when I wrote this, this was way before I did my work on childhood trauma in a formal way and created my coaching program. But the research I did in year 2000 brings these points up all the time. And here I'm pointing to it again. If your child doesn't develop them successfully, they suffer as an adult. And this is all the proof of the research of childhood trauma. The Live book was written between 2006 and 2008. I was pulling from my earlier research when I wrote this book, Live. Remember, children and teens can experience immense pain, anxiety, depression, and trauma over lost relationships as intensely as adults do. Furthermore, a teenager who experiences heartache over a breakup may need extra support from a professional counselor to deal with all these new emotions. At certain times, encouraging words from parents just don't seem enough. Get the help your child may need to learn how to be resilient and handle such emotional changes and challenges in his life. I hear a lot of parents tease their kids when they have young love, let's say at 13, 14, 15, 16, and they say, oh, it's puppy love. It doesn't mean anything. It's ridiculous. Get over it. Well, no, these feelings inside them are extremely intense. And when there's a breakup or a rejection, it's really hard for them. Again, emotionally, they're not as developed as an adult. They don't develop to their emotional peak until ages 23 for a woman and 26 for a young man. So these are very hard feelings for them to navigate and they're severe. It feels very traumatic for a kid when they have a breakup. I believe that older teens and those in their early 20s are supposed to break free of the family ties and test their own limits. This is how they will learn, making mistakes and learning to correct them as they go. This is what I call launching, giving them the space to make their own choices, encourages them to take risks and take on responsibilities. One of the worst things a parent can do is baby his teenager, try to hold them back and protect them too much. He will then become a young adult who is lazy and may be afraid to leave home. Teach your young adult children the life skills they need to survive in the real world. And you're teaching them all the way along as a child and their young teens. I was writing this book to help parents who don't know what to do or feel stuck raising their children in today's harsh, difficult world of broken families. Please try the techniques mentioned and see if they don't make a difference. And again, listen to all three weeks of the parenting skills. If you need counseling support, get it. You and your child will get through their growing up stage, but you want a loving relationship on the other side of it. it will never be perfect, but respecting, listening, and loving your child unconditionally while practicing positive parenting techniques will help you all survive the growing up period. Each phase is really cool. When I was raising girls, I see my girls 
raising their kids. Alexi's got the baby at age one and Steph's got a son at five and three. And their stages are just precious to watch as a grandmom. I just really loved every stage with my girls. You know, there were some difficult stages. Those preteen stages weren't always easy. But we had a lot of really beautiful times together, too. Now I'm going into my thesis. Again, it's called Increasing Self-Concept and Developmental Assets in Adolescence Using Behavioral and Psychoeducational Interventions. It is a long title. They encourage you to write long titles when you're writing a thesis. I think it was a bit ridiculous. That's what I was advised to do. Just the introduction. Research shows that youth who have higher levels of self-concept, esteem, and personal developmental assets are more likely to engage in positive behaviors and less likely to engage in risky behaviors. Exploring the needs of young people through the social science and psychological research as well as implementing the programs within the communities and institutions, meaning schools, that serve adolescents has had much success in helping youth to learn the necessary protective developmental assets. In a time when kids are killing kids, now this was written in years 2000, it was right around Columbine, and acting out in other violent, high-risk ways, we need to challenge our communities to take a look at every child, not just the ones who appear to be in trouble, and join efforts to promote the mental and physical well-being and self-concept of each one. Recent research confirms, and this is 1999, that the teen years and early 20s is a time the highest period of risk-taking behaviors that could cause potential harm to self or others. Other research in adolescent development, resiliency, and prevention points to a positive correlation between the number of protective assets a teen has with the degree of self-concept and resiliency they have when facing adversity. The 40 developmental assets help to reduce adolescent risk behaviors, increase self-concept and esteem, and strengthens personal resiliency. And I'm going to go over those in this show because I want you to know them. Adolescents must deal with changing cognitive perceptions about themselves, their world, their parents and other adults, their peer relationships, surrounding social and cultural factors, the challenges of school and home life, and the influence of popular media. Although their cognitive levels of functioning has reach a sophisticated level, adolescents still have a limited base of experience and knowledge in how to handle their many challenges. And this overload of new emotions, experiences, social and physical changes is often overwhelming to them. The difficult period of life is often referred to as storm and stress when adolescents are prone to rebel against parental controls and resist their authority, experience intense mood swings, including depression, and are more likely to engage in risky, antisocial and harmful behaviors. Fluctuations in mood and parental conflict tend to happen in early to mid-teens with higher risk-taking activity happening in later teen years. For example, crime rates peak at age 18, then drop steadily. The greatest misuse of substances happen at age 20. Sexually transmitted diseases peak in the early 20s. And finally, fatalities and car accidents are highest in the late teens. Although not all youth participate in risky behaviors, the majority will engage in some opportunities that could be risky and problematic. The many temptations, internal and external demands, challenges, and stressors can be dealt with confidently if an adolescent has positive and secure self-concept. 
The greatest challenge for youth is to find a place of belonging and a feeling of importance within a complex social world. And the less they feel as if they belong at home, the more they will seek to be accepted by a peer group. This stage is called the great upward drive towards perfection when youth will use either pro-social or destructive methods to feel significant, important, noticed, and successful. Erickson describes adolescence as a time when the overall task of the individual is to acquire a positive ego identity as he or she moves from one stage to the next, the successful movement being achieved only when positive solutions are found to typical developmental conflicts. These noted developmental tasks serves as the guidelines as how well or how problematic development is proceeding for an adult. Self-definition occurs within one's peer group as a teen adopts the values, beliefs, attitudes, and standards of behavior of that group. And a teen with positive self-esteem will carry into this new relationship the traditional values learned from their family. If a teen feels unaccepted, rejected, or inferior at home, they often find acceptance within groups that use forms of rebellion against the family and traditional society norms by indulging in drugs, violence, sensational-seeking, vandalism, and other high-risk behaviors. Piaget called this adolescent stage one of formal operations when the major task is to mastering one's own thinking and to grow beyond egocentric self-concerns to have a sense of empathy for others. And Spess described the consequences of egocentrism in the same source that describes the five dimensions as a personal fable, hypocrisy, having an imaginary audience, and having an idealistic type of rebellion. As an adolescent seeks to find their personal identity, sense of personal worth, and a place to belong and feel accepted that's independent from their parents, they often end up in a hostile, self-serving adolescent world. Youth must be afforded various opportunities to grow and learn in supportive, warm, patient, and encouraging environments and ideally that's at home. Adult or peer role models, counselors, teachers, parents, and other mentors within the schools or the community must have the knowledge to teach the positive protective self-concept and resiliency skills along with the developmental assets. So teens so desperately need to overcome this period of storm and stress can do so successfully. Adolescents today need the help of the entire community to enable them to emerge into adulthood with a positive sense of self and a motivational desire to find a direction for future success. Interventions that instill positive protective factors and prevent high-risk behaviors must be designed in a way that are interesting, exciting, rewarding, motivating, sensational, personal, and realistic to today's team using creative, interactive, behavioral, and educational methods from recent up-to-date psychological empirical research on proven effective counseling theories and programs for adolescents is the purpose of this study. Now, that's just the introduction. It's a total of about 156 pages. This was quite a great program. It was called Ventner Teen Vision. Teens helping themselves by helping others was the logo that I came up with. And at the time, I was living in Ventner, New Jersey, and I served the Ventner, Atlantic City, and Margate schools. I was doing my internship as a SAC counselor, which is student assistance counselor at Atlantic City High School, which was very much a multicultural, interracial high school. Could have been a lot of acting out in that school. I was the counselor that met with the teens. Well, people heard about my 
group programs and every one of my groups ended up in the conference room, seats fall, kids standing, kids sitting on the floor. They were so hungry for positive advice and interaction with a counselor who cared about them. That was me as an internship. And then I developed this program, VTV, I called it because MTV was out at the time. This was VTV for Ventnor Teen Vision. I had to get the mayor's approval in Ventnor and we did it at the community center. It was every Friday night from 6 to 9 p.m. and I had two groups. One group that showed up just for the social at 7.30 and one group that I worked with who learned deeper work. And I did pre and post tests on them to see if the coaching work, which included meditation, and we had a lesson every week that was important about success, interview skills, skills of communication. We did all different kinds of things. And then they did post tests. Who did better as far as their grades raising in school and getting jobs and and so on. It was really evident that my program scored very successful. I got a beautiful letter from the mayor about how successful this program was. At the end, the kids learned by giving back and we did a big fundraiser for Feed the Homeless and donated a lot of turkeys to the homeless shelter of Atlantic City and the big wigs of the city came and watched their ending show. They all sold tickets and it was a fashion show, entertainment show. The kids who could sing and dance, they did that and the other ones did modeling to choreographed routines. And then don't forget, I was a model and talent agent, so I was used to doing this type of production. The kids loved doing it. This was like the place to be on Friday night. They hung out. They heard today's music. We did meditation in a big circle. I taught them everything around the 40 developmental assets, which was from the Search Institute. And I love their work. I was, I was so related to it. Let me go into what those are. Studying this work, I still hear from some of those teens, some of those teens became my daughter Alexi's really good friends. And those that took this work really have excelled in their entire life. I would love to do a study 20 years later to see how they're doing. Here it is, the 40 developmental assets. There's two categories, external assets and internal assets. So we'll start with the external. There's four, support, empowerment, boundaries and expectations, and constructive use of time. Under support, there's family support. Family life provides high levels of love and support. Two, positive family communication. The young person and their parents communicate positively and the young person's willing to seek advice and counsel from their parents. Three, other adult relationships. That young person receives support from three or more non-parenting adults, teachers or coaches. Four, caring neighborhood. Young person experiences caring neighbors and feels safe at their neighborhood. Five, caring school environment. The school provides a caring, encouraging environment or even that go-to person to get that encouragement. And that's what I was as the SAC counselor. Number six, parent involved in schooling. Parents are actively involved in helping the young person succeed in school. Okay, second is empowerment. We go on to number seven, community values youth. The young person perceives that adults in the community value their youth. Now, at my Friday night events, we had two police all the time as chaperones, 
and they got to know them and like the police. So the police was a positive presence in their life. They also donated hot dogs and sodas for the kids every Friday so they could eat for free when they came and they were part of the program. It wasn't just drop in and hang out. They had to sign up and register, do pre and post tests. So there were things they had to do because really this six month program was my thesis and I had to prove that this was going to work in helping these kids out. And it did. Number eight, youth as resources. Young people are given useful roles in the community. This is where raising money to help the poor and unfortunate, even though a lot of these kids came from very poor homes, they were not homeless and they understood what it could be to be hungry. So they felt proud about giving back. Number nine, service to others. Young person serves in the community one hour or more a week. Well, this was considered community involvement. Ten, safety. The person feels safe at home, at school, and in their neighborhood. Next one was boundaries and expectations. So number 11 under that, family boundaries. Boundary has clear rules and consequences and monitors the teen's whereabouts. Twelve, school boundaries. School provides clear rules and consequences. 13, neighborhood boundaries. Neighbors take responsibility for monitoring the young people's behavior, just kind of watching out for each other. 14, adult role models. Parents and other adults model positive, responsible behavior. Your parents are doing the right things. They're not acting up. They're not alcoholics or drug addicts, that type of thing. 15, positive peer influence. Young person's best friends model responsible behavior. 16, high expectations. Both parents and teachers encourage the young person to do well. And the fourth category under that, again, was constructive use of time. Number 17, assets, is creating activities. Young person spends three or more hours per week in lessons or practice music, theater, or other arts. So the creative arts. I really wanted to prove in this paper that the creative arts help keep self-esteem up and high-risk behaviors down, and it really did. Youth programs. Young person spends three or more hours per week in sports, clubs, or organizations at school or in the community. So mine was a three-hour community program, so they were meeting that. 19, religious. Young person spends one or more hours a week in activities in a religious institution. Now, although I couldn't teach religion per se, I did teach the mindset of success, which had a foundation of faith. That was in their permission slip. If parents didn't like it, the kids couldn't come. So they got that requirement. I wanted to make sure that all these development assets were met as much as possible in my program. Number 20, time at home. Young person's out with friends, not with nothing special to do, two or fewer times per week. There is always a good place to go. The internal assets, which is the second part. Remember, there's external and there's internal assets. Internal assets, four parts. I'll tell you what the four parts are and I'll go through them. Commitment to learning, positive values, social competencies, and positive identity. And then there's big categories under this area as well. And we do have to go to break, but we are going to go over the other 20 developmental assets in these four categories as soon as we come back. And you are listening to BBM Global Network and Lessons in Life and Love with your coach, Rihanna Milne. Today's show is being brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash Rihanna and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. 
Download a free title and start listening today. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash Rihanna. Okay, we're back. Welcome to Lessons in Life and Love. I am your host and global love coach, Rihanna Milne, life and love coach. We're talking life aspects today. You're hearing from my thesis, which is called Increasing Self-Concepts and Developmental Assets in Adolescence Using Behavioral and Psychoeducational Interventions. And my interventions was a six-month community program for inner city youth in Atlantic City, Ventnor, and Margate, New Jersey back in 1999 and this thesis was written in year 2000. Although the research is older, I'm just saying this stuff still works. The people that I worked with really excelled in this program. Their pre-tests and post-tests showed amazing self-mastery. Their self-esteem went way up. Their grades went up. The bullying stopped. Their friendships, if they were negative, changed. They stopped using drugs. They stopped drinking. They knew how to interview for jobs. They got jobs where before they were just hanging on the street. It's amazing the differences these kids. I sit back and as I'm remembering this, it goes through my memory of the kids that I worked with and how great they did. And I was so proud of each one of them. The groups, we had so many important things that we talked about. It was really beautiful. It was really an incredible feeling to be a part of that program. And I did want to share a a letter from my 18-year-old as far as what she experienced. Okay, here is her letter. When I first started with Rihanna in her six-month VIP Diamond Life and Love Coaching, I was very unsure about the program, let alone talking to someone across the country about my feelings and personal goals. However, I gave it a chance. As soon as I began fully diving into the bookwork and interacting with Rihanna as my coach, I began to see the progress being made. In my case, I was fresh out of high school and starting my first semester of college. When college began, I focused on my schoolwork and kept to myself. I didn't have a clue what type of career path I wanted to take and had been working at Chili's for three years as a hostess and was engulfed in the negative mindset that surrounded me. During Rihanna's program, I quickly realized that my insecurities that held me back were pointless and only harming my own potential. Being free from the burden, I began naturally branching out and enjoying the ones around me. Rihanna helped me explore my interests, hobbies, and career ideas to set me on a path towards a goal. I decided on the idea of architecture and interior design because it allowed structure, but also gave way to my more creative side. From this direction, I quit Chili's as a hostess and I interviewed to begin working for a home decor store, which was more in line with the direction I was headed. I loved it. It was the biggest interior design store in my city. The environment was refreshing and positive, which in turn helped turn around my negative mindset. Within my first month, I met a customer that ran a business with her husband flipping houses for a living. I loved this idea and got her business card so I could visit one of their homes. During the visit, I provided ideas that helped shape the final look of the house. I had never felt so natural at something and it was very exciting. Having this experience helped me narrow my college shirts down to UTA because of their architectural program. Rihanna's program helped me not only discover my personal interests and goals, but also encouraged me to dream big and shoot for the stars because as I learned, with the right mindset, nothing can hold you back. 
and that is from my lovely girl Amy and we just finished up today it was really heartwarming and beautiful to work with her and I look forward to working with other people ages 16 to 23 that are in that high school college transition years that are so crucially important and very essential that you have the developmental assets good self-esteem and a positive mindset to go for the goals that you really want versus living in the fear and holding back. So we're going over part two, which is the internal assets, and there's 20 here. So under category one, commitment to learning. 21 is achievement motivation. Young person is motivated to do well in school. 22, school engagement. Young person is actively engaged in learning. 23, young person reports doing at least one hour of homework every day for school. 24, bonding to school. Young person cares about his or her school. 25, reading for pleasure. Young person reads for pleasure three or more hours per week. The second category is positive values. 26, caring. Young person places high value on helping other people. 27, equality and social justice. Young person places high value on promoting equality, reducing hunger and poverty. That's why we did the Feed the Hungry for our project. Number eight, integrity. Younger person acts on convictions and stands up for his or her own beliefs. 29 is honesty. They tell the truth even when it's not easy. 30, responsibility. They accept and take personal responsibility even when mistakes are made. 31, restraint. Young person believes it's important not to be sexually active or to use alcohol or other drugs. This was big uh, re-educating a lot of the teens in, in inner city, right? Next category, social competencies. Number 32, planning and decision making. Young person knows how to plan ahead and make wise choices. 33, interpersonal competence. Young person has empathy, sensitivity, and friendship skills. 34, cultural competence. They have a knowledge of and comfort with people of different cultural, racial, ethnic backgrounds. 35, resistance skills. Young person can resist negative peer pressure in dangerous situations. 36, peaceful conflict resolution. Young person seeks to resolve conflict nonviolently. So we did all kinds of communication and negotiation skills in their education with me. The fourth category for internal assets is positive identity. 37, personal power. They feel they have control over things that happen to them. 38, self-esteem. Young person reports having a high self-esteem. 39, sense of purpose. Young person reports that my life has a purpose and meaning. 40, positive view of personal future. Young person is optimistic about their personal future. Now that's how it's spelled out. Again, that's the 40 developmental assets from the Search Institute. And then there's a checklist called an asset checklist. And the teens coming into the program would do this before the program, then they did it after. And there was very few check marks in the beginning. It would mark either yes, no, or sometimes. And then they did this again at the end of the program. These were the things that I put on their list. Ability to find positive ways to deal with problems. Ability to communicate and express feelings in a positive way. 
feelings of self-worth, esteem, and confidence, ability to help friends who need assistance, relationship with other adolescents is good, relationship is great with members of my family, ability to help family members who need assistance, ability to cope with anger and stressful situations, created a more positive attitude towards school, overall schoolwork and grades improved, school attendance has improved, ability to improve and change my behavior, ability to stay out of trouble, make wiser choices. This program improved my physical health and well-being. So we talk about exercise and eating healthy and that type of thing too. As a result of participation in this program, please circle this choice of decrease or stopped where marked by a star. So I have greater awareness of tobacco, alcohol, and drug-related problems. I've chosen to decrease or stop my cigarette smoking or nicotine use. I've chosen to decrease or stop my use of alcohol. I've chosen to decrease or stop my use of marijuana, chosen to decrease or stop my use of cocaine and harder drugs. I have a greater awareness of community resources for help. Those were my checklist at the end that I was hoping to see improvements in all those areas. And that definitely did go up. There's a contract of understanding. There was a legal disclaimer. I had radio, bots, PSAs, which are public service announcement. We had newspaper coverage. We had flyers out all over the community. I'm just looking at every resource that's since here. The graduation was packed. The graduation ceremony, it was really, really cool. The parents were so amazed at how their kids had changed. It was beautiful. Okay, so this asset checklist, which is also from the Search Institute. Again, I love their program. There's 40 of them here. It's just the same summary of what I told you before, just shorter. I think it's worthy to hear it a second time. I receive high levels of love and support from family members. And you're going to hear these listed, and then you're going to hear me have said this in over the three nights on positive parenting techniques. I can go to my parent for advice and support and have frequent in-depth conversations with them. I know some non-parent adults I can go to for advice and support, that's number three. Four, my neighbors encourage and support me. My school provides a caring, encouraging environment. My parents help me succeed in school. I feel valued by adults in my community. I'm giving useful roles in my community. This is why it's important for kids to find work. I serve in the community one hour or more each week, which is volunteerism. By the way, which is very important for college resume, your 10th, 11th, and 12th graders should be helping out and getting certificates that they are helping out as part of their college application kit, which I teach teens how to put together. I feel safe at home, at school, and in my neighborhood. My family sets standards for appropriate contact and monitors my whereabouts. Remember the whole allowance chart? That's the standards. 12. My school has clear rules and consequences for behavior. Neighbors take responsibility for monitoring my behavior. That one was number 13. I know the neighborhoods aren't quite the same, but they should help watch out for each other's kids. 14, parents and other adults model positive, responsible behavior, very important. 15, my best friends model responsible behavior. 16, my parents and teachers encourage me to do well. I spend three hours or more each week in lessons or practice in music, theater, or other arts. I spend three hours or more each week in school or community sports, clubs, or organizations. 
I spend one hour or more each week in religious activities or participating in spiritual activities. That one is important. 20, I go out with friends with nothing to do two or fewer nights a week. They don't want the kids hanging out every night. 21, I want to do well in school. 22, I am actively engaged in learning. I do an hour of homework each school day. I care about my school. I read for pleasure three or more hours a week. I believe it's really important to help other people. I want to help promote equality and reduce world poverty and hunger. I can stand for what I believe. I tell the truth even when it's not easy and accept and take personal responsibility. I believe it's important not to be sexually active or use alcohol or other drugs. I'm good at planning ahead and making great decisions. I'm good at making and keeping friends. I know and I'm comfortable with people of different cultures, racial and ethnic backgrounds. I can resist negative peer pressure and dangerous situations. I try to resolve conflict nonviolently. I believe I have control over many things that happen to me. I feel good about myself. I feel my life has a purpose and meaning and optimistic about my future. Those were the things that my program stressed to build these assets into each child that was a part of it. I did what was called resiliency coaching for behavioral change. The Vent 13 Vision members, there was t-shirts there, it was cool too, to be a part of the special sessions would receive and encourage changes in negative behavior by building on positive individual traits, the developmental assets, which in turn builds resiliency. Now, resilience is defined as an ability to recover from or adjust easily to misfortune or change. And our life is all about change. They have to have the mindset for success no matter what comes across to them and not react, but be proactive, like I teach all my coaching clients today, to make new decisions and choices when things come up, which we call the winds of change. We just normalize change as it's supposed to happen and not say, oh, why me, or act like a victim. No, it's supposed to happen. Then we get smart and go inside and think internally, what would be the best choices for me to deal with this change? And that's called being proactive. Resiliency factors are individual personalities traits that enables a person to recover quickly from disappointments and defeats, to turn losses into learning experiences, and to cope with life events, adversities, and settings that are normally thought of as inducing hopelessness or failure. This research goes back to 1998. This is still the same type of mindset training I teach and coach today. Not only my young people, but my adults. Because again, if you didn't get it as young people growing up in toxic homes where there was a lot of trauma, these very important internal skills, which the word mindset wasn't really used much back then in the year 2000. Resiliency is a word that I use to really teach people to exceed and um, be successful. The research shows the more developmental assets and resiliency factors a young person has, the less likely they're to engage in negative or risky behaviors, to cope or recover from losses, disappointment, change or defeats, and the more likely they are to be happy and successful. There's five major life spheres or risk domains that affect youth. Here's the five most important things in the individual himself, the family, school, the peer group, and the community, those five. The risk factors identified as placing youth at risk for alcohol, smoking or drug use is 
inadequate life skills, not learning what to do from the parents. Second, lack of self-control, assertiveness, and peer refusal skills. They didn't get them. Third, low self-esteem and self-confidence. Four, emotional and psychological problems in one all of the above domains, which I named those five. Uh, The next one, school failure and lack of bonding at school, not feeling like they fit in, which is trauma number seven, feeling different or being bullied. Next, rejection of commonly held values and religion. They didn't get a sense of faith growing up. Next is early antisocial behavior, such as lying, stealing, and aggression, often combined with shyness or hyperactivity. The last one, favorable attitudes towards alcohol, drugs, and tobacco, which is reinforced by their peers, their families, and their society around them. Learning from your parents, no, we don't drink alcohol every day. We don't smoke. We don't use drugs, that type of thing. The use of alcohol and drugs by young people is often linked with the following social problems that frequently affect the same young people. High rates of school failure and dropout, teen pregnancy and young single parenthood, babies born with addictions, adolescent depression, self-inflicted violence, meaning self-mutilation, including suicide, pre-adolescent or adolescent gang activity and neighborhood crime and violence, domestic and child abuse, neglect, abandonment, runaway and homeless youth, increasing the incidence of AIDS among young adults due to sexual activity or drug use, widespread teen unemployment, especially around minority youth. If that was used within their home and their society, alcohol and drugs, this is more prone to happen. That's what I just reviewed. The aim of Ventner Team Vision Resiliency Coaching, which is what I called it back then before coaching was a term, is to decrease the risk factors and enhance the factors that protect and bolster the resiliency of our young people in our cities. The coaching involved the following strategies. This is what I used. Social and life skills training, communication, problem solving, decision making, control of anger and aggression, understanding of feelings and emotion, and having the skills necessary to acquire a job. Second, alternative activities that encourage fun, bonding, creativity, self-confidence, and personal expression without fear. Three, individual or group therapy and counseling volunteer adult mentors that gave them feedback, learning and growth encouragement, assessments were before and after the program. Next was mentoring programs, community volunteers, religious leaders, college students, and other youth that provided positive role models, advisement and friendship. Next, family skills training, teaching responsibility, loyalty, trust, and communication with parents, siblings, and other adults. Parental training skills, teaching the parents developmental assets so they can use them at home. Teaching them appropriate discipline tactics, understanding risk factors, stress management, teaching the independence and responsibility within the family. Next is educational planning, encouraging higher learning, goal setting, career path, taking pride in school and work and achievement, learning that knowledge is power and the way out. <laughs> Positive peer group, the performance troupe, which was the dance troupe, did the community work and dance, acting, modeling, and volunteerism. Next was peer resistance training, use of role play to say no and teach personal empowerment to avoid relationship abuse no verbal abuse from anybody dating them or any sexual pressure, which increases personal self-control, confidence, and self-respect. 
communication skills, speaking before a group, manners and speech, breaking their vocal habits that were nasty, job interview skills, respect and communicating with others in the art of listening. And the last was community service. The logo was help yourself by helping others and feeling the satisfaction in helping others in need or less fortunate than themselves. The opportunity to make positive contributions to their community and establishing a sense of pride and membership within their community. That is research I did in the late 1990s. You can find this work online. I will also put it in the show notes, that long title, so that you can look it up for yourself. It's in you know research libraries and so on. We're going to go to our last lesson where I read from a little book. It's called Simple Principles for a Happy and Healthy Marriage. This is by Alex Lutz. You can also find this book in the show notes. And this is Principle 159. Be mindful of how you and your spouse interact. As a healthy couple, always be conscious of how you interact in front of your children. Your children are like sponges soaking up every word and action. If there is tension or anger between you and your spouse, they will feel it. Never criticize or name call. It will give the impression that it's appropriate to speak to others that same way. Your children do not have to believe that you and your spouse never fight, just that you can do so by being civil and still respectful, and that arguments never threaten the love in your household. After a fight, make sure to talk to your kids about how you resolve the issue and remind them that you love each other and them very much. Because this type of behavior, if it's not handled properly in the household, this is the beginning of the childhood traumas, of course. So next week, I'm going to move on. We are going to go into the creating a business of your dreams because work is so important for us. We spend at least eight hours a day the average person or up to 10, 12 hours a day working. You got to love what you do. Every job that I have, I have created from scratch without a loan, but just a dream. I want to go into how to do that. There will be a guest interview with John Lee Dumas. John is my amazing podcast coach and has the podcast called Entrepreneur on Fire. He has over 2,500 podcasts out. He was one of the first major podcaster and you need to check out, if you're interested in business, you got to check out JLD's Entrepreneur on Fire. He's amazing. So I have him on for about 20 minutes and then we're going to go into some of the aspects of creating the business of your dreams. I have done business coaching with those people that sign up mostly at the diamond level to work with me for six months and we do everything to create the life that you desire we look at everything and that includes your work if you're not happy with your work what work can you do to create something that you love that will give you the lifestyle that you love that's going to be the major focus next week of course that'll be monday night at 6 p.m eastern time okay love angels and transformers that is all we have time for today i do thank you for tuning in tonight please do tell your friends who you love and care about to join us next week for our business talk appreciate you sharing the love and helping me change the way the world loves. Please also take a moment to give me a five-star rating and a comment on the platform of your choice about what you liked and what you learned about the show. Or you can always write me at lessons in life and love show at gmail.com and tell me what you're looking to learn in the show if I have not covered it yet. Be sure to go to lessons in life and love.com for every show archived is there, all 31 of them. You can reach out for me during the week at rihannamilne.com and sign 
sign up for that life and love discovery session. Okay, Transformers, be sure to join me next week, 6 p.m. ET Eastern Time on BBM Global Network. And as always, I am here to help you have the life you desire and the love that you deserve. God bless and have a fabulous week. We want to thank you for joining us on this episode of Lessons in Life and Love with Coach Rihanna Milne. Your personal journey of life and love transformation has only just begun. Go to RihannaMilne.com for more resources. And if you're really ready to take action to improve your life or love situation, apply now for a free life and love transformation discovery session with Rihanna, a $500 value. Just contact Rihanna with your questions and to tell her your story at RihannaMilne.com. And remember, it's time to have the life you desire and the love you deserve.